What is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show. We are eight days away from the 2023 college football season with week zero. I'm your host, Mitch Davis, founder of the Mitch Davis Show.com, podcast host of the Mitch Davis Show. Follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight, Instagram and Facebook by simply typing in the Mitch Davis Show and check out the podcast on YouTube, on SoundCloud and wherever else you like to listen to your podcast by simply typing in The Mitch Davis Show. On today's podcast, going to be joined by the voice of the South Alabama Jaguars to talk all things South Alabama football. A lot of exciting things going on down there on the campus in Mobile, Alabama. 18 returning starters from last year's 10-win season. Uh, the, the uh, Really just exciting times going on down there. At South Alabama, JT Crabtree will be joining me momentarily to talk all things South Alabama Jaguar football. Again, I'm your host, Mitch Davis, founder themitchdavisshow.com, podcast host of the Mitch Davis Show. Follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. College football season is here, y'all. Let's enjoy it. And at this time, I'd like to welcome JT Crabtree to the Mitch Davis Show podcast to talk all things South Alabama football. Joined now by the voice of the South Alabama Jaguars on the Mitch Davis Show, JT Crabtree. How are you doing, JT? It's college football season, baby. Yeah, I'm good, man. That uh, that phrase right there, because the time of year it is, that means I'm uh, I'm definitely good. So appreciate you having me on today. So uh, let me just ask you: We'll talk South Alabama football and talk about all the great things that are happening down there, in Mobile. But are you one of these guys that's very excited about Week Zero as well as you know myself included? Uh, a little bit, you know, just means we get to shake off the rust and whatnot and uh, get to I get to watch some games as a fan, which is nice because uh, with uh, with what I do, I don't get to do that a ton. But um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to just the, the college athletic season starting. We had some soccer on campus recently. Uh, I think volleyball has a has a scrimmage on Friday. And so just kind of everything kicking off and getting started. Uh, week zero is definitely the the point of for us on our side is like, okay, it's real. It's here. Let's get it in gear and let's go because we're ready to go. So let's talk about the South Alabama football team. Obviously they come back with 18 starters from last season after, you know, winning the Sunbelt Western division and, and competing in a bowl game and doing a lot of great things. Talk about how excited uh, the people are not only in Mobile, but in the surrounding counties, Gulf Shores, Orange Beach, Dolphin Island how excited people are for Jaguar football this year. Yeah, it's really exciting. You know, coming off a a 10-win season, uh, the most we've had at the FBS level. And um, keep in mind, too, this is still a very young football program. We started in 2009, and we haven't played FBS football, or we didn't until 2013. And so still a very young football program in the grand scheme of things. But really excited. Like you mentioned, uh, returning 18 starters, and that doesn't include two guys – who are starters with Keith Gallman, who missed all of last season with an injury, and Quentin Wolfon, who missed the majority of last season because of injury. And so you you take all of that into consideration as well of what you have coming back from a starter standpoint, a depth a depth standpoint as well. That um, we we have a lot returning at a lot of different positions. So uh, it's it's really fun the amount of excitement we have around the program right now. Like you mentioned not only just in Mobile proper, but uh, expanding out to, you know, all along the Gulf Coast right now is is pretty exciting. There's um, uh, 
in the neighborhoods, there's a lot more red, white, and blue flags hanging up in front of people's houses than there have been in the past. Um, my dad was telling me he lives over across the bay in Baldwin County, and he said, you know, on my jog, I'm seeing more JAG stuff just out in public casually, which has been really exciting as well. So uh, I'd say that the expectation, the excitement around this football program is legitimately at an all-time high right now. Kind of to piggyback off that, we're going to talk about football, but I do want to ask you about that Jaguar pride that that community has. And obviously you're, you live down there and I'm very familiar with that area, but you know, now that basketball's taken off under coach Riley and uh, baseball's done well, talk about just and the community outpouring of support that you've seen so far in South Alabama athletics. Yeah. You know, we've, again, like I mentioned, football's still young. And for a long time, we were known as a baseball and a basketball school, and you know, baseball especially has been really, really strong over the years, you know, in the in the 70s, getting all the way ranked to number one in the country for a long time. We're still the 16th winningest baseball program in all of Division One baseball. Um, we had a great season with the men's side last year with Richie Riley making it to the Sunbelt Championship game and being really like two minutes away from uh, winning the Sunbelt Conference tournament and going to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2008. And so... You know, with with those two and now with football taking off the way that you know it's you know, we had some kind of lumps to take some growing pains and whatnot but now seeing this program take off the way that we kind of all kind of thought it could uh is really exciting and i think that goes kind of hand in hand in large part with our new on-campus football stadium hancock whitney stadium uh this will be year four that we're playing there uh we opened during the pandemic and obviously you know limited capacity and whatnot we couldn't really utilize that space as well as we possibly could uh now last year we had our first sellout of over twenty five thousand people we're expecting another one this year and we host southern miss on a tuesday night so it's really exciting to see the community really gravitate um towards this program and towards this university more and especially now that we're on campus with all three sports people come onto campus they're familiar with campus and the whole athletic department kind of has one of our social campaigns is hashtag our city. You know, we're really trying to plant that flag of South Alabama in the heart of Mobile. And, you know, we know that you're going to have your allegiances elsewhere with Alabama and Auburn in state as well, but you know, you can be fans of those schools and still be a fan of the Jags too. You know, you don't have to pick and choose. And that's what we're trying to kind of educate people on is that yes, you have your allegiances that you've held for years and they go back generations but, you know, you can still be a fan of the Jags, too, and support your local team as well. And so there's been a lot of local buy-in into that, and that has been growing a lot over the last couple of years. I know that basketball has, and so has baseball, played Auburn, played Alabama, played some of those, you know, UABs, the, the in-state schools. Has there been any conversation for football? I know that, look at the football schedule right now. I mean, Oklahoma State, they played the UCLA last year, two lanes on the schedule. Has there been conversation maybe to – get a home and home or maybe, you know, even go to the Plains or go to Tuscaloosa to play Alabama or Auburn. So we have Auburn on the schedule in 2025. Um, that's, it's not a home and home. It's just a straight buy game. We'll go there and that's it. Um, Alabama's not going to play us. I mean, they haven't played any other in-state school outside of Auburn since what the the thirties uh, they're, they're not going to play us, but uh, it's really encouraging to see Auburn will put us on the schedule. They've played, They'll play Samford. You know, they've played Jacksonville State a couple of times, but it's exciting to see them play us as another FBS opponent 
that they'll say, yeah, you know, we'll take you on. We'll, we'll bring you up to the planes and play a game. So that's really exciting. Um, we've played UAB a couple of times for some home and homes already. We actually have them again on the schedule later on the years, uh, the years to come as well. But um, yeah, really, really exciting to see that Auburn game in 25 uh, when we're going up there. And I think it's like the, the end of September in 2025. Okay. So now we get to talk about football and obviously this team, 10 win team last year and 18 returning starters, two guys that, uh, you know, would have been starters, but got injured. Let's talk about the offense first. Carter Bradley going to be the starting quarterback. What else do you expect to see out of this um, South Alabama Jaguar offense? It's really exciting because you mentioned Carter Bradley. He's back. And in the short history of our football program, we've never had the same starting quarterback from one year come back for another year. It's always either been a, a quarterback competition the next year or the quarterback has graduated and left. And so we have a bona fide QB1 for two consecutive seasons for the first time in program history. And so that's really, really exciting. I mean, he's got a Carter's got an opportunity to rewrite just about every single passing record you can think of in the program's history. And it's exciting too when you think about the guy who's going to be standing either off to a shoulder or behind him, our running back with Damian Webb who started his career at Florida State, went Juco, and now he's back for a second year. And the guy was just a monster last season. Uh, He was unbelievable. He legitimately carried us to a victory uh, on the road at Georgia Southern last season where the last drive of the game, we handed the ball to him 11 straight plays. He gained positive yards, 11 straight plays, and ended up punching it in the end zone. So it's really exciting to see those two guys back Two of your weapons on the outside with Devin Voison and Colin Lacey at wide receiver. Those are two Bolitnikoff uh, Award watch list guys. Uh, we're one of, I think, 16 schools in the country that have two wide receivers listed to that. So that's pretty exciting. Um, having Voison and Lacey back is huge. Uh, third wide receiver spot is a little bit of a competition right now because Jalen Wayne graduated. He's now in the NFL with the Browns. So that's kind of one of the question marks in camp. And then your offensive line outside of center where James Jackson graduated and moved on, that's really the only question mark you really have. And the current plan looks like it's going to be Reggie Smith, who started at right guard last year, will move over to left guard. And then a combination of Dante Lucas, James Robinson, uh, Reed Byes, who's a Mississippi State transfer. It looks like those three guys are going to kind of battle it out for the two guard positions. But otherwise, you got a a fifth-year guy with Josh McCulloch at left tackle and a really promising redshirt sophomore at Adrian Strickland, who's probably the most promising offensive lineman we have on the roster right now. Uh, he's going to be a right tackle at six foot six. And so the the five up front there are great. Uh, the every single tight end on the roster is back from last season. I there, there's so many guys that we can rattle off here and say, okay, we're good here. He's back. We're good here. He's back. These four guys are back. I mean, we have three returning running backs, and we added a guy from Ole Miss, Kendrell uh, Bullock, who's he's going to get his fair share of carries as well. And so it's really exciting to see so many weapons returning to a team that had success last year, and they wanted to come back and continue that success. And so that's exciting. We've got the, the coordinators back, Major Applewhite on the offensive side as well. So having your quarterback, your running back, your coordinator – and four out of five offensive linemen back as well. It's it's pretty darn exciting. I tell you what, watching from the you know watching from the outside looking in, 
you can't help but be excited about this offensive unit, a unit that, you know, really truthfully should be the best in the Sun Belt. But looking over at the defense, what what are who are some of these guys that you're excited about watching? Obviously, we watched South Alabama last year. Defense was a really good stronghold for them. Who are the guys you're most excited about and seeing their development this offseason? Uh, two guys really jump off the the page to me really Trey Kaiser one of our linebackers who he's seemingly involved in every single play last year uh he wasn't even a starter to begin the year he rotated in with Quentin Wilfon at one of the middle linebacker spots and when Wilfon went down with an injury Trey jumped right in and didn't miss a beat it seemed like every single play he had his nose involved in there somewhere and now he's a bona fide starter you know he's going to be the guy and so much so that we've moved Quint Wolfon away from that position and moved him to an edge rusher. So I'm excited to see Trey Kaiser take another step forward like he has the last two seasons. And then I mentioned his name before, Keith Gallman, who's a mobile guy. He's one of our free safeties. He, overall, before last season, he was probably our best player overall on the roster. And then the first preseason scrimmage, he tears a pectoral muscle. He misses the entire year. And then you see the emergence of Jaden Voice in it at uh, one of the free safety spots, and he did great. He you know, one of the leading tacklers on the squad. I think he was the leading tackler on the squad last year. But now Keith is back. Jaden Voice is back. Jalen Jordan is back at safety as well. Yan Banks too. I haven't even mentioned that guy. He's been tremendous. But Keith Gallman, I'm really excited to see him back out there for his last year, being a mobile guy. He's played every single year since he's been here. And he's been a big part of the defense every year he's been here. So I'm excited to see him back in the rotation, playing significant time again, significant snaps, and really just getting an opportunity to, again, play in his hometown. You know, he went to Mobile Christian, which is just down the road from here. It was a big time get when we got him because he wanted to stay home. And so now you know, talking about the, the Mobile community and how much buy-in we've had, seeing a Mobile guy want to stay home and can contribute at a high level in his hometown has been really exciting. I want to ask you about the Sun Belt overall, and then we're going to get into a little bit of your career. Obviously, when you hear the names App State, Marshall, Coastal Carolina, James Madison, Troy under Coach Sumrall, who I'm very familiar with having covered the Southeastern Conference, uh, Louisiana, Southern Miss, Arkansas State. Talk about the depth of this conference, because a lot of people are starting to make that correlation of the Sun Belt is equivalent to the SEC, but to the group of five. No, 100%. I think that's a, a great analogy because the conference as a whole, the depth has really, really expanded from last year by adding the four le the four teams with you know Southern Miss, James Madison, Marshall, and Old Dominion. Um, across all sports, those four have really made big, big waves. I mean, James Madison was, was second in the Boobas Cup standings this year, and that's our, our all-sport trophy in the conference. And so just year one of FBS football in a new conference, they're right there at the top with every single team. And so it's exciting to have them quickly add into the, the conference and be competitive. You know, you worry about that FCS transition. They didn't have that. And so that was exciting for us you know, being down in Mobile and Southern Miss joining the conference, being 90 minutes from campus. And just, I think it's legitimately four turns off our campus gets to their campus that's really exciting for our fan base to have someone so close that is already kind of a, a regional rival, but now you have the conference ties to it as well. That's really exciting. You know, out in 
San Marcos, Texas, you got Texas State, who I, I think is kind of a, a dark horse this year. I think they could be pretty good. I think they have the second most transfers in the country behind Colorado and Coach Prime. And I think Texas State has an opportunity to be sneaky good in the league in football this year as well. They were great in baseball the last couple of years. And so just overall, the league is really impressive. Uh, the the media markets we've got, you know, with Georgia State and Atlanta too. I know people put so much emphasis on media markets. I don't think it's that big of a deal. But, you know, you're touching the right markets with the right level of competitiveness. And I would definitely say that the group of – in terms of the group of five conferences – the Sunbelt Conference, I think, is at the top of what is out there with everyone kind of being picked apart and stretched out left and right. I think the Sunbelt Conference is at the top of the group of five right now. I want to ask you about Commissioner Keith Gill, a guy that's come on this podcast several times and big fan of his. Just talk about his leadership in directing the Sunbelt Conference uh, into really, truthfully, a brighter and bigger and better future. Yeah, it's been great. You know, Keith has, has been a, a real asset to the conference and really kind of an unknown when he came in because, you know, his, his background in the colonial athletic and really he wasn't kind of a, a Southern guy, if you will. You know, he, he went to Duke and just immediately, you know, just kind of oozes academia, if you will. And when you get to know him, like, yeah, the, the guy's obviously got a great head on his shoulders, but also he knows what the heck he's doing. And he's he's a great leader for this conference. He's got a great feel for the landscape of what is what is to come in college athletics. And I think that's the biggest part of that position as commissioner of a conference or a league. Yeah, keeping the status quo is obviously important. But how do you grow your conference in the years ahead? What do you see ahead to keep you ahead of the game? And I think that's what the conference has done a really good job of with the addition of the four teams last year is we are now ahead of the curve. You're not looking at this conference and thinking, oh, Appalachian State's going to jump for the American Athletic. No, they're in a better position right now staying in the Sunbelt Conference because of what this league has built inside the Sunbelt, the, the regional rivals and just the overall competitiveness of this league. I think that is a huge, huge credit to what Keith Gill has done as leader of the Sunbelt Conference. And I think it's positioned us in a great spot moving forward, especially with all the craziness that's going on with conference alignment, realignment right now. I, I think the Sun Belt is in a great spot, in large part because of his leadership. I know I'm going to get a lot of South Alabama views on this, but I will say on the record to the South Alabama guy that got on the podcast, I have been, I went to Memphis and from Memphis and born and raised around the Tigers, the athletic program there. I have said for the last four to five years that Memphis should have positioned themselves to get out of the American and come join the Sun Belt because – you know, looking at the looking at the future of the Sun Belt compared to the future of the American, the Sun Belt's in a very, very good position, and it bodes well for programs like South Alabama, like your Southern Misses, who were, you know, in Conference USA and in a couple other conferences, and you know, finally got to that home base in the Sun Belt. So, I wanted to say that on the record. Two more questions, fun questions I have for you. Not going to put you on the spot here, but want to ask you. Uh, you know, you've been doing this for a couple of years now, several years now. What has been your favorite memory so far of uh, calling South Alabama Jaguar, not only football, but athletics? Ooh. How about this? I'll do one per sport. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, doing the the big three and whatnot. Because um, that would be too hard to crank it down to all the sports. Uh, football, we'll go back to 2016. Um, we opened the season at Mississippi State. We're down 20 to nothing at uh, halftime and rallied back and win 21 to 20. 
Um, so our first SEC win that year, we also got our first ranked win over San Diego State a couple of weeks later. But um, you know, going to to Starkville, and you know, I, I remember running the controls of that game and the cowbells being so loud we turned the crowd mic off and we still couldn't hear very well uh just being in that atmosphere and then really not backing down and finding a way to win was um was really really exciting um basketball uh probably you know let's go it's pretty recent too this past march uh quarterfinals sunbelt conference tournaments we're playing the number one seed which is southern miss um, they had handed it to us in the regular season, both times we played and, or really the, the first time we played, excuse me, we beat them the second time, but you know, they're the number one team in the league. They're, they're talking a bunch of trash and of course the regional rivalry and we go out there and beat them by 18 and in their season. Um, that, that was pretty exciting and satisfying. Um, and then baseball, I'm a, I'm a big baseball guy. It's no secret. Baseball is, is my passion. But uh, 2021 Jags baseball you know, wins the Sunbelt Conference tournament. That was great. We go to to Gainesville for the regional, and we lose the first game to Miami one to nothing. Second game and then elimination game, we eliminate host Florida nineteen to one. Um, and the sixth inning, I'll never forget this because I've never seen this or heard of this happening before. We got ten straight two out hits and scored ten straight two out runs. And eliminated Florida 19 to one. And it's still the largest margin of defeat for an SEC school in NCAA tournament history. So, um, yeah, those are, those are my three big ones. Those are, it's funny you say that because I was actually looking back at some stuff from that 21 season. Cause it always makes me so happy to go back and read that stuff. Last question I have for you, obviously, hopefully a lot more big victories coming for South Alabama athletics, but let me ask you, what do you do to celebrate a big South Alabama win? And second part to that, do you have a uh, favorite restaurant in the area that you like to go and celebrate a big win at? Um, I don't know if I necessarily have like a post-game spot. You know, I'm pretty worn out after a game because <laughs> I'm a, I'm pretty animated in the booth. Um, I, I tell folks I'm a fan first and a broadcaster second. Um, I, I'm a mobile native. I'm a South grad. Uh, my freshman year at South was actually the first year of football. And so I, I take a lot of personal pride in, you know, these are legitimately, these are my guys. This is my school. It's my team. And so I live and die on the the heartbreak and the, and the, the, the goods and the bads. I'm right there with you. And so um, I, if there's a place I like to go after a game, uh, it's, it's the house <laughs> to be honest. Um, but you know, I'm, I, I I really enjoy my time in the booth and we have a blast. We've got a great crew. Um, and I think just about all of us on the crew are South alum, which is really exciting too. It's so we've all got kind of a, a personal piece, personal investment in this program, in this university. And so we always try and have as much fun as we can while still delivering a quality broadcast. But um, yeah, that's probably the, the, the biggest thing that I'll do is, um, I'll enjoy my time in the booth. I'll have a blast. I'll blow it out for 60 minutes, and then uh, I'll head to the house to just tone it down and relax for a little bit. (laughs) 
He is JT Crabtree, the voice of the South Alabama Jaguars. JT, thank you so much for coming on the Mitch Davis Show. Good luck to the Jaguars this football season. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on, and um, I'm sure we'll uh, we see you somewhere down the road. Absolutely, man. We're going to have you on talk about a little uh, football, or I mean, basketball and baseball as well. Absolutely. Sounds good. Thanks, man. You have been listening to The Mitch Davis Show. I've been your host, Mitch Davis, founder of TheMitchDavisShow.com, podcast host of The Mitch Davis Show. Check me out on Twitter, MitchDavis underscore eight. Head on over to the website for nonstop college football action uh, at TheMitchDavisShow.com. Check out the podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast, SoundCloud, Apple, uh, YouTube, everywhere in between the Mitch Davis Show, your one-stop shop for Southeastern Conference and Sunbelt football. Very exciting. Uh, eight days away from the official start of the 2023 season. And a very special thank you to JT Crabtree for joining me today. Talk all things South Alabama football. A lot of excitement is building down there in Mobile, Alabama. But at this time, thank you so much for joining the Mitch Davis Show podcast today. It's always an honor to have our great guests on and talk college football with people across the southeastern footprint. Thank you so much for listening.